Pastor David has been teaching us about various things that we can be very legalistic about, and today he'll discuss video games and even how we dress. Here's Pastor David. What about video games? First of all, with video games, stop playing so many video games. Kids, adults, it is a waste of your time, okay? It's a waste of your God-given time, talent, and treasure to spend all your time playing video games. They can be fun. Video games can be fun. Used to have the Atari when I was a kid, little thing, and boop, boop, boop. And then they got better and better, right? There's some really incredible video games these days. But how many hours of your life are you going to let them steal that you could be doing something useful with that time? I'm not saying never play video games. Go ahead, enjoy it. Something to be enjoyed. But my goodness, it's a lot of time and money being wasted on video games. And here's the thing. A lot of video games are just garbage. Just garbage. And you know, by the way, if you play very many video games, what I'm talking about, you know they're garbage. But your firewall kind of pops up and says, it's okay. It's okay, because I don't play them for that sexually explicit stuff. I don't play them for the obscene violence. I don't play them for that, for all the disturbing stuff. I just, you know, I play it for this other thing. I read it for the articles, right? Classic. <laughs> We might as well throw movies and television here now while we're just piling on, because it's basically the same issue. One, the first one is how much time are you spending doing that? You don't have to be a judgmental legalist to see that much of what is on television and in movies and on video games is unchristlike at the least, and filthy and harmful at the worst. This is a hard issue, like all the others. Can you read Philippians 4.8 and then press play? The verse that we just read, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Okay, play. Can you do it? I'd ask myself that. Because if you can't do that, you should be thinking about what you're watching. I am surprised by the number of Christ followers who basically have no filter for what they watch. They will watch anything. But you need to understand something if you don't already understand this. Many of the people who make the content that is on your video games, that is in the movies, that's in the television shows, it's on YouTube, are perverts. Okay? They're lost people. They have a perverted mind. They have no problem trying to conform you to the world and pervert you. You need to understand that. Listen to this. Uh, there's a director, I don't know how many of the episodes of Game of Thrones this guy directed, but he directed some of the episodes of Game of Thrones, I guess, and he has this con a conversation with this executive. This is what the executive says to him. This particular exec took me to one side and said, look, I represent the pervert side of the audience, okay? Everybody else is the serious drama side, but I represent the perv side of the audience, and I'm saying I want full frontal nudity in this scene, so you go ahead and do it. There's a lot of people representing the pervert side of the audience in Hollywood. It is what it is. Do you want to play into that? We've become jaded to what is essentially pornography. Firewall going up, fight it. If that happens to be connected to a story, it's basically porn, we act like it's not a problem. But it's a story. Yeah, probably porn movies are probably stories too, okay? Things that are useless to you and harm you are not for you. 
There's a pastor who said something like this. If you would not go over to your neighbor's yard and peek in their window while they were having sex, then you shouldn't watch strangers on TV having sex. Something to think about. I would say if you wouldn't want to have your daughter be having sex in front of a bunch of people in the whole world on TV, you probably should be watching someone else's daughter do it. Something to think about. It's not about legalism. These are things to think about. We've built some pretty significant firewalls on this issue. A couple of the arguments I've heard. It doesn't affect me. Seeing people fully naked having sex on television has no effect on me. Okay, you've become very jaded then, okay? Because you were literally designed to be aroused by nudity and sexuality. God designed you that way. So that when you and your spouse are in your bedroom, you're aroused. You were designed that way. It's supposed to be in the marriage bed only. But if you're seeing it and you're like, this does nothing, then you need to ask God to unjade your heart. Second argument I've heard, it's art. Okay. (sighs) There is such a thing as art that has to do with, that has to do with figure studies and things like that. Lots of it. Okay. There's lots of that. But on television and movies, you have about a 0.001% chance that what's being done there is art. You just heard what the executive said to the guy in that movie. It's there primarily to sell women's bodies to lustful men, period. That's what it's there for. Okay. If you don't understand that, then you don't understand economics and what, what people who make content are actually doing, and you don't understand the depravity of the human heart if you think that what most of these people are doing is trying to make art. And the average movie that's that's given to 12 to 25-year-old men. Here's one. The story is good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. That doesn't, da- that doesn't justify the damage that's being done primarily to women by this kind of content. You need to think about it. I could go on. People have some pretty significant firewalls on this issue. I'm not going to sit there and, and deal with all of the arguments that you may have. And I'm not trying to be legalistic and make a bunch of rules about what you can or cannot watch as a Christian. I have my own uh, ideas on this between myself and the Lord and my wife and our family and what we've decided to do. You should also have some kind of idea of what is appropriate for you as a Christ follower and what is not. It's not about making a bunch of rules. It's about the heart. It's not legalism. I'm just telling you to be serious and check your heart. Are you honoring God? Are we honoring our sisters and our brothers who are made in the image and likeness of God with what we're watching? It's not about what a movie or a video game or a TV show is rated. We care about that. It's about where our hearts are. It's about where our hearts are. I'm not, I'm not giving you, I can't give you some blanket rule. I can tell you this, you know. You know. We need to ask ourselves whether we become jaded Men, here's a good exercise. After church today, go home and ask your wife what she thinks about some of the things you're choosing to watch and tell her to be completely honest and that you're not going to get upset about it and see what you hear. You may be surprised. I'm guessing you will be surprised by what you hear. All right, last legalism for this morning, Lord willing. Let's get to clothing. All right. There have been people who have been very legalistic about clothing. In fact, there's some Christian groups where they basically all wear the same thing, right? Like a dress down to there with the head covering and the guys wear a certain kind of suit. Like Amish people. You've seen that, right? Amish people. Um, that's, they've, they've made a decision about clothing, okay? They want to they have a certain level of simplicity and modesty and so on. 
Um, that's legalistic. When you say everybody has to wear the same thing, that is almost the definition of legalistic. There are some Christ followers who are very strict about what they can wear. We need to avoid legalism in this area, but we do need to check our hearts also. Let me start with men because men are easier. Listen, if you're in good shape, if you're a man, you're in really good shape, you're just ripped and whatever, and you, and you wear like super tight shirts, like it's an extra small and you should be wearing a large. Um, let me just tell you, when you're doing that to show off your body, you're probably causing some of your sisters to think about you in a sexual way when they would prefer not to. They prefer not to have that temptation. Okay? I can see that doesn't apply to anybody in here, so I'm going to move on to... <laughs> not something I have to worry about, you know? If I wear a super tight shirt, no one is stumbling, okay? Not for that reason. Not for that reason. Now, there might be other stumbles like, oh! Dry heaving, I've seen that, but... So if you have that issue, just don't do it, okay? It's not honoring to our sisters to accentuate our bodies in a way that's likely to lead to a struggle. Women, this issue is different for you. Men were designed and made to be very visual. You probably know this. You are valuable. You are made in the image and likeness of God. You have so many gifts and talents and abilities. God has so many plans for you. You are so important. You are so much more than a body. Do not believe what society tells you that your value is primarily in your body. The amount of time. And listen, if you don't know this, brothers, you need to know this about our sisters. The amount of time, effort, and energy that they have to spend being concerned about the way they look because they're concerned about the way that people will perceive them or value them based on it is so broken. We as men over time and certainly now have created a society where so many, particularly of our young women, grow up absolutely believing that their primary value is in their body and how it looks. That's primarily where they get their value from society. That's what they believe. I could cry because I have a daughter. And I have a mother and I have a wife and I have a sister. And I have many sisters in Christ in this room. And I know that there's a struggle for many of you. You are so important. You're so valuable. God has great plans for you. You are not a second-class citizen in the kingdom or anywhere else. You are our sisters. You know, Even your wife is one day going to be your sister. Gross, right? No. Listen, we're going to live forever. There's no marriage or being given in marriage in heaven. You need to feel loved. You need to feel honored. You need to feel valuable. I want you to. You are so much more than a body. Make sure that you understand that there are many men who struggle with lust. Partially because the way they were designed was to have those feelings towards their wife in their own bedroom, but sometimes things spill out and aren't just in the bedroom. When you dress in a way that is particularly designed to accentuate your body, the reality is 
that men are likely to have sexual thoughts about you. That's the reality. It's not fair. In fact, it's incredibly sinful for men to do that. But we live in a fallen world, and we can't ignore that fact. And we can't ignore that loving our neighbor sometimes means not purposely provoking areas where they struggle. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a man wanting to look handsome or a woman wanting to look beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. God created you in his image and likeness. That's awesome. That's great. Those things can be good. But we all need to know the line between handsome and beautiful and sexually provocative. Sexually provocative means that the way you are dressed is provoking people's lust. Sexual lust. This is an incredibly uncomfortable thing to talk about, by the way. But it is a real problem. It is a real problem. And I don't want to... Here's the thing that's so important to me. I don't want any of the women who are in the body of Acts Church to be viewed in any way other than as a fully honored human being made in the image and likeness of God who we are here to serve. I don't want there to be any other thought about any woman in this church. That's what I want. That's what the elders of this church want. And so we need to be careful. Men, you're responsible for your own eyes. Okay? Don't blame women. No, she wore blah, blah, blah. What do you expect? I expect you to be a man, a godly man. Avert your eyes if you have to avert your eyes. Deal with it. But women, I also ask you to have a heart for your brothers and recognize. If you're showing a lot, a lot of tight this and that and whatever, you're going you're gonna to cause them to struggle. It's not your fault. I'm not saying it's not their fault. I'm just, I'm just telling you the reality. We, should, we need to think about that. I have no rules to give you on this issue. I'm not going to say, I don't remember what it was. My, I think my mom said, when they were young, skirts had to come. I guess if you got on your knees, it had to hit the floor like this many inches. I, I don't have all that for you, okay? I don't know. I don't know. You know. Ask yourself, what am I trying to do here? Nothing wrong with, I want to look beautiful. I want to look handsome. Something wrong with, I want people to look at me and think I'm hot. Right? Listen to this. 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 10. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Now, in the context of the first century, some of you are like, my hair is braided, oh my gosh. Look, in the context of the first century, we're talking about women who are dressing in such a way as to draw attention to themselves, particularly in the context of the church. Well, we're here to worship God, and they've got hair braided with gold and pearls and, and whatever, and it's distracting to other women, to men, and so on. Don't be a distraction. Neither men nor women should be dressed in such a way as to draw attention to themselves immodestly. We need to grow and mature and understand what it means to follow Christ. Not be legalistic. But check our hearts. What we want to do is we want to do the right thing without pushing all the way, the pendulum all the way over here to be legalistic and get rid of everything. But that means we have to mature and we have to grow evenly. You need to understand what it means to follow Christ, to love our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're in a broken world. We are. But we as Christ followers are called out. We are called to be different. 
Our men should be known in this church as those who love and serve and lay down their lives for their wives, for the church, and maturity, kindness, love, cherishing one another. Our women should be honorable and be honored. That's what we should be doing. That's what Christ did. He honored women. They should be growing as Christ followers also, trusting God for everything and not moved by the things that the other women of this world are moved by. Our men should not be moved by what men in this world are moved by. Our women should not be moved by what women in this world are moved by. We are different people. All right, I got to close it up here. We talked about a lot of stuff. These are not my favorite kinds of sermons. <laughs> Talking about legalism and like uh, things that people have made lots of rules about. I, I do care about the heart part. I really do. And I do care about the grace that God has for us. Let me just tell you something really important here. This is the whole thing with legalism. Do not think that because you can go, I check all those boxes. I never watch anything but a G movie, and I've never said a bad word, and I blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make you saved or right because of that. Morality alone doesn't save you. And if you're saying, I mess up in all of these things, that doesn't mean that you're unforgivable. Jesus has grace for you. If you need, if you've been growing unevenly and you need to start watering this plant over here, then start watering it. God's there for you. He's there for you. First John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't be legalistic, but let's get our hearts right. We want to be something. We want to have a powerful impact in this community, in this neighborhood, in this city, in the Portland metro area, in the Northwest, in the world. You want to do that? We got to get things right here at home. We got to grow evenly. You are the base. You are those who God has called here to be part of something that he is doing that is much bigger than just us who are sitting right here. Those who he is going to be calling into his kingdom. You are the ones who get to be part of that. And you are the ones who they will look to. If your garden has one good plant and a bunch of messed up ones, that's not going to help in the discipleship process. Remember, we're to make disciples. So let's work on this. If you don't know Jesus, hey, today's the day. Like I say, it's not about legalism, but he'll forgive you. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it this morning. That's all you have to do. It's not about rules. It's about God. It's about being different. It's about being set apart. It's about living for him. So do you need to be saved? Do you want that grace that Pastor David talked about? It can all happen right now, really. Simply believe in Jesus as the resurrected Son of God, ask Him to forgive your sins, be your Lord and Savior, and He will. Nothing is more important, and I hope you'll take care of that right now. And then let us know, won't you? We'd love to help you get started in your new life with Jesus. 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening, and we'll look for you next time for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate. Contemplate.